Welcome to episode 29, everyone. On today's show, I have Lindsay Monday, who is the head coach at USC for women's lacrosse. In 2019, she was the Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Coach Monday also won a pair of NCAA titles at Northwestern as a player in 2005 and 2006. So, Coach, to start off this episode, I'm going to ask you, after having a successful playing career, what made you get into coaching overall? Yeah, I mean, I think I always knew I wanted to be, one, involved in sports because they just had such a huge impact in my life, you know, from the very beginning. And I think I kind of gravitated towards coaching. I had, you know, my parents coached me growing up. Um, My aunt actually is the head basketball coach at Michigan, who was previously coaching elsewhere. You know, my sister coaches high school. So I think it also was maybe a little bit ingrained in me. you know, growing up, but I think I've just been lucky and fortunate with the coaches I've had and the teams that I've been on. Kind of wanted to be able to give that back, you know, to, to my players, hopefully. Nice. What's the most important aspect of coaching, you think? Is it awareness? Is it goal setting? Just being there for your players off the field? Like, what's the most important aspect that goes into coaching? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's super interesting. And not that I think that this you know, I think it's always true, but I, I do think relationships and just how you can connect with the girls, um, especially now after COVID and just with the type of student athletes that we're getting. But I think even, you know, um, years ago, I think those relationships and just your connection um, kind of has to be the basis of everything so that you can X and O and so that you can push them so that you can hold them accountable. But I think it's hard to do all those things if you don't have that basis of just, you know, connecting on a you know, individual basis, kind mm-hmm. of aside from the sport first. Right. So when you go out and recruit and looking for a top talent, what intangibles do you look for in a player? Because we all know that sometimes the little things can get overlooked as far as their body language, their demeanor, their reaction with referees, how they're going to be able to face adversity when they're down a goal or something like that. So what yeah. what kind of intangibles does a player need to get a full scholarship offer USC Women's Lacrosse? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I mean, I think, and, and probably everyone says this, but I think it really is true. I mean, you know, you can't teach heart and you can't t- teach hustle. I mean, you can try, but I just think it's always so interesting that, you know, at, at the highest levels, I mean, everyone's good. Right, right. I mean, right. For the most part, I mean, everyone's talented, everyone has skill, and you can continue to, to develop that. But, you know, it's the grind and it's the sacrifice and it's the passion of, you know, really wanting. And it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. we're asking a lot of these players and it's really demanding. But I think, you know, that passion and that heart has to be at the center of it and and obviously that's hard to see during recruiting events all the time but I think the more I think we try to ask kind of questions you know throughout the recruiting process of when when have you struggled how did you handle that and what helped you in that what do you think your teammates describe you as you know certain things like that to try to dive a little deeper and and obviously being able to meet the the girls in person and sometimes work with them at camp is really important Mm because you really do get that sense but I mean I think that the simple answer is kind of heart and hustle and then obviously the the skill and talent is great too and and we can continue to develop that once they get here when you are coaching it can be a lot sometimes uh with you doing recruitment you doing preparation uh executing and all that game planning stuff was there a point in time throughout your coaching career that you felt overwhelmed and if you did feel overwhelmed how did you handle that yes absolutely i think 
probably often. I don't think that's a bad thing. People on a daily basis and certainly throughout your career, one, there's mistakes, you know, that that you ultimately make. Um, Certainly, you know, I got the USC job at at 26, still young. and, And so I think for me, that's probably the hardest moments when you know maybe they made maybe a mistake here or there and just how to navigate that process. But, you know, it's a lot, just like it's a lot for the kids, I think. You know, when you're trying to win and you're trying to connect with 32 girls on a given basis and plan a practice and just a lot of moving parts. And I think the biggest thing is just leaning on people. If I'm not feeling great that day, you know, I tell my staff, I'm like, you guys, you know, I need you guys, you know, right, I need you right. today. Because my energy is just lacking, like, help me, me out of it. And and I think that's important. And we talk to the girls about that all the time. And I tell them that I do that with the assistants. Or I tell the girls, like, hey, I need this from you guys because this will help me be better for you in another avenue. Um, you know, I need you guys to start warm up on time because then, it, you know, I can not have to worry about that. I don't get in a bad mood before practice even starts and I can be better for you guys. So I just think being open about some of those things that challenge you are actually really important. And I think actually the girls, you know, gravitate towards that too, because they understand that they're overwhelmed and that they understand that they struggle in certain things. So thing to be vulnerable in those moments when you can, I think goes a really long way. So leading into this question, what's your perspective on uh, mental health as a whole? As a whole, it's really important. I mean, I think the general statement, it's really important to acknowledge it, to recognize and to work, you know, to work on it and provide all of us, um, but certainly 18 to 24 year olds with, with the tools to manage, you know, the stress and cope with hard times. And we actually are super fortunate at, at USC. We have um, the largest sports psychology department in the country oh, nice. um, in terms of staffing. And we actually work directly with Dr. Robbie Rhodes, one of the sports psychologists, and we, we call it a culture class. Okay. But we meet with him as a, as a team once a week. Culture can, you know, obviously we touch on mental health um, side of things. We touch on performance and, you know, performance anxiety and fear of failure and, you know, just a lot of things within that. But I think our team honestly does a really phenomenal job with the help of, of Robbie, but of just normalizing, like, you know, I would say 80% of our players see someone in the sports psychology department. Um, And people talk about it. People say, Hey, I'm about to go, you know, I have a meeting with Robbie instead of like scurrying off to like, you know, where his office is kind of in secret. I think it's really important to just normalize it first and foremost, Mm -hmm. because then people are a little more open and willing to, to talk about it and to seek the help that they might need or just the support of like their teammates of their coaches. Right. The support can go a long way. So what's the toughest aspect of coaching then? I think, I think initially for like, certainly a head coach, I felt different, you know, as a young assistant, but I think um, kind of touching back on what I spoke about, but is breaking down the barrier of being able to form that relationship because I think inherently you're, you know, I'm in a position of power and I'm scary. And it's just like, it's funny when I hear that, cause I'm like, I'm not that, you know, like I don't see myself as a scary person, but I just yeah. think there's sort of this inherent, um, stigma or just feeling from the players. So I think, honestly, I think the hardest thing is breaking that down, um, so that we can build that relationship so that, like I said, we can hold them accountable and, and all that. But then I think, yeah, I, I think, just finding the right mix of blending, you know, 32 
personalities and 32 different lacrosse, you know, type of players into, you know, the best unit that you can be. But like I said, I, I keep touching on it, but I think the culture and the team, you know, you have to start there because I I don't think you'll ever get to, you know, really where, you know, the best that you can possibly be without a good culture and people really leaning on one another and trusting one another and supporting one another and caring about each other. Right. And a lot of my friends are getting into coaching. They coach like college basketball. So a lot of my friends and teammates, former teammates, are getting into coaching now. And they will say that the toughest part is uh, just getting everybody on the same page and keeping everybody's motors high because some some players are going to go into the season knowing that they probably won't play. So you got to yeah. be able to go out your way to coach them as well. You just can't coach yeah. the starters. You got to help develop their game. I think that's what I ran into a little bit in college was I didn't play right away, but I also wasn't getting coached, and I think that was the most frustrating part. It wasn't yeah. because I wasn't playing. It's because I wasn't getting coached so my game can develop even more and more so I could be ready for the following year, right. you know, after the senior class left. Interesting because that's always, you know, I think – it's always a challenge and I think it's one important during season to you know when we win a game and someone didn't go in to like acknowledge that scout team that you know won us the game in practice you know that kind of stuff but it's interesting and this year we're actually going to try something a little different this year for the people that might not have gotten in in certain games just because I've actually always almost tried to like not create a separation right of starters and Mm non-starters because you know you just don't want to you know kind of verbally say that all the time but guess what like we it's it's not a secret sometimes right so, right you know i think it's important to kind of get those guys some minutes um maybe aside from when the starters are practicing but just like they can sit and they can rest after playing and we can let's get after it you guys who didn't really play so you can show us you know who you should be in and you can show us more minutes just on their on their feet but I think that's always a challenge, and it's, you know, I, I feel like we're going to try something a little new this year to just make sure that we're doing our part in that um, in that area, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know you've been coaching for a long time, since 2011. I uh, came across a time that a player was down because of their performance. How did you lift back up their spirits? Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting to me that, you know, just how much the mental game affects mm performance and the physical and it is just like you can see a player and really play really poorly just because they're you know they don't have confidence and Mm -hmm. they don't it just continues to go this way and then for some reason you know whatever it changes so yeah I mean I've seen it a a ton and sometimes I, I think we you know I've done a good job getting them out of it and sometimes I probably haven't helped you know so yeah. it's you're kind of constantly learning and growing and figuring out and and the, the other thing is every single one of the 32 players is different now they're gonna you know right, handle right. those conversations so sometimes it is trial and error and trying to figure out what's going to stick with one person you know versus another but yeah it happens a lot just in terms of how can we help the confidence because I think, and especially, again, speaking of the culture class that we've done, I mean, last fall, we did a four-part series on confidence just because I think it's so important in general, but certainly in females of like, 
how can we develop our confidence, you know, as, as young women and sort of on the field, but off the field too. So yeah, I've seen it a lot and I'll continue to see it this spring. I know. Um, so hopefully, you know, we just figure out how to help people kind of get out of that mental headspace so they can just play more free. Tell my friends all the time that they are coaching right now. Our every player can't get coached the same. I think that's what correlates to what we're talking about. Like some players can take yelling, other players you have to pull to the side, and you need to teach them one on one. This is what you need to do. You should have done this instead of this. And I think that can help other players' confidence, and that's why everybody can gel together and get on the same pages. You just finished fall ball, so when when does a, like official practice start for the spring season? Yeah, so we start back up uh, January 9th, which is like the first day of class for the spring semester. Okay. And then our first game is February 11th. So we have kind of like a month of preseason um, before games start up. Yeah. So but everybody has, before the season starts, everybody has that one game that they circle on the calendar. What's that game? Um, well, the, the PC answer, but it also worked out is the first game. Um, you know, you you circle cause you just, every game is just so important, but, um, yeah, this, this year we do actually open up with BC, um, at BC, um, their coach is one of my best friends and she's a phenomenal, phenomenal coach, Acacia Walker, and they've been in the final four, you know, the last, I don't even know how many years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously it's our first game, but they're an amazing opponent with a great coach. So yeah, we're excited about the opportunity game. Okay, nice. Last question I get you off on here. Uh, what's the expectation for for the team this year? What do you want to get out of the, out of the women the most uh, from from your players this year? I guess two answers. Um, one, you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, for this group is kind of reaching a new level. Um, right. And I think that comes with like sacrifice. You know, again, if if you want to do something you've never done, you kind of can't do the same thing you've always done in terms right. of training and the mentality in terms of all of that. Um, so I think that sacrifice and just kind of putting it all out there. Um, and so with that being said, I mean, the Pac-12 championship is kind of number one on the radar um, and making it into a Final Four, which we've never done, um, and beyond that one in a national championship. So, you know, that's the goal. And, you know, I think this group that we have is is really, really special, and I'm just super, super excited to, you know, get after it this spring. Well, it was nice talking to you, Coach. Thank you so much for coming on. And I wish you nothing but the best this season. I know you guys are going to do great things. And good luck nice. the rest of the way, Coach. I appreciate you for coming on my platform and elaborating on mental health and all that good stuff. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.